Hey movie fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Media Podcast. As you could tell by that Fanchish Mansion new intro, it's October guys, it's spoopy season, so that means new show intro and all month of October we're talking about spooky stuff. There's a lot of topics we could have talked about this month, we could have talked extensively about movie theaters, which if you haven't, go back and um, check out our discussion last week with special guest Heather on the fate of movie theaters. Had we known, we would have just waited a week because now it's even more doom and gloom. Oh, I'm so sad inside. Um, <laughs> uh, or there's another just, oh, there's something else related to our first news topic um, that that in and of itself could be a whole discussion. But um, no, all of October is going to be spooky related things. So our first discussion in honor of the haunting of Bly Manor dropping on Netflix this Friday... I'm hearing incredibly good things about it. I'm so excited. Um, We're going to be doing the best haunted house movies. So our only criteria for this, it's a haunted residence. The residence itself has to be haunted. Um, I'll say residence because not all of them are houses to to kind of put that out in the ether. Um, But Josh, how you doing tonight? I'm I'm chilling, man. It's uh, it's been a weekend. Uh, still still recovering from the craziness that was our uh, <laughs> jobs. Um, but you want to shamelessly anyway, plug like, that again? Everybody seems to they, they, everybody seems to be re- reacting pretty well to them. So let's let's shamelessly plug that again. Um, if you haven't, go watch our uh, pitch off for Fantastic Four. Absolutely, man. And just keep in mind, there's two videos. I mean, it, dude, it's good stuff. I mean, I, th- I think both both pitches are really solid. I mean, I obviously, looking back now, it's like, you know, hindsight, it's always twenty twenty. at least for me. Uh, like, there's definitely some things I've missed, and I, sh- I feel now that I could go back and change, but... And I don't want to be okay. mean, but I feel like I've called you out on most of those, like, off mic. Just been, like, yeah. more just no, kind yeah, of trying did. to get your brain no, process. Like, and and it, it was, especially, like, rewatching it, because um, I went back and watched both of them just to kind of get an idea of uh, what we both put out there. And there was certain, like, what, when you, the stuff you called me out on, and I was like, and then there was certain, some other things. I was like, oh, man, I just, it's 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 one of those, like, I talk a lot of crap for Marvel and, uh, like, other, like, directors not taking things as far as maybe it should or could go. And then I didn't t- take certain things as far as they probably should have gone. <laughs> so it is what it is. Uh, it's, the, you know, the first pitch off the, for us. So it was something completely new for me. So it was – I thought it would all, – all things considered, it went pretty well. Um, I will interrupt you real quick. I will say we will be doing more pitch offs, but don't expect another one anytime soon because those are so – research and labor intensive and josh and i were talking about this off mic of the next one will be easier because fantastic four we kind of know them but a lot of research goes into it but also it's a matter of there's four of them so you kind of have to divvy up the time whereas if we did like a nightwing which don't expect that anytime soon because i kind of want them to tie into something but rest assured that nightwing run is ready to go whenever we want to do that. But like a Nightwing or Superman or even for like Josh, like a Green Lantern one, that'll be easier to do because it'll be like one specific character. Um, but we will be doing more pitch-offs. Just don't expect them anytime soon. But you can expect some smaller short-form videos by the end of the month. I have an idea of what I want my video to be. Uh, I know you and I have talked about what yours might be, Josh. Um, but yes, they will not be to the scale of pitch-off. Those will be every couple months because there's 
Those are much more work, but there's still a lot of exciting stuff coming for Uncharted Media. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, no, other than that, I'm just trying to recover from, from that. And there's been some weird like work stuff, but other than that, it's been a pretty chill chill week. Um, what about you? You've been doing all right? Um, uh, yeah, I'm watching some stuff. Not as heavy of a recovering process as you, because I tried to plan things out a little bit. Because I have been in your situation of work to the last minute and then burn myself out. Um, I've been watching some stuff and been doing some stuff. So, remember I, a few weeks ago, I lamented uh, the cancellation of Halloween Horror Nights. Well, they had a Halloween Horror Light. They have two houses and the usual food. So, Heather and I did that Sunday. Um, it's a little complicated. Um, the houses were fine. They were the best they could be given the current situation. Um, but like the boo holes that people come out, they're like plexiglassed over. So, like, the characters are still protected, but it was, you can see the plexiglass, so you're like, oh, that's where the scare is coming from. Um, and also, one of the houses was this, is, like, a quote-unquote sequel to, like, my favorite house of all time, and it was fine. I think my hype was too high because people were raving about it, uh, which leads me into some of the stuff that I've been watching. The house itself was a Bride of Frankenstein Lives house, so... I had not seen the original Bride of Frankenstein, actually. Me, of all people, Mr. I prefer the classics. I'm mm-hmm. old school edgelord. Um, it's still, it's. I wouldn't say it's my favorite of the Universal Monsters, but Bride of Frankenstein is up there. It's really, really good. I think Invisible Man's probably still my favorite, but this was really, really good. Um, I also had not seen Lake Placid, and I did this weekend, and pretty good my parents have been getting on me to watch it forever because they're just like it's it's a giant monster movie you would love it what they should have done is it's by the guy that directed h2o then i would have been there a lot sooner because <laughs> h2o is awesome and last but not least um josh i don't know if you remember this movie a disney channel original movie called phantom of the megaplex nope so as a kid i remember it being Phantom of the Opera at a movie theater of, like, all these bad things start going wrong and people are assuming it's this mysterious phantom that lives in a movie theater. And then I rewatched it and we're... The movie should just be titled Assistant Manager Kid is Stressed at Work One Night. Um, like, the yep. phantom is barely mentioned at all and it's just, like, a this kid that's an assistant manager which they try and paint as, like, uptight and whatever else, but the way that they portray him actually is, like, a... Yeah, you're actually a really good customer service and a good responsible teenager you shouldn't turn down this job opportunity that they're giving you uh but it's like these bad things are happening at work it's just like there's like barely any phantom here also you know that thing where like your brain misremembers things from your childhood i completely misremembered who the phantom was i was so convinced like the only thing i remember about the phantom of the megaplex is who the phantom was we watched i'm like Oh, I don't, I don't even remember anything about this movie anymore because I was completely wrong <laughs> about who that was. Um, yeah. Also, Heather and I were laughing because there's a couple times that they'll have like their cheesy '90s stock music in the background, and then it's not long enough for the scene, so there'll be like these little two or three second snippets where the music will just cut off and it'll be dead silent in the background while the characters are talking and they're hoping that you don't notice that there's no background music for a couple seconds it's like um could you not like drag out your audio or i don't know find audio to be the bed underneath 
not all the time does your childhood classics um, yeah. live up to your imagination. But Josh, you watching anything good? I uh, I literally vegetated all week and mo- a good chunk of the weekend. I uh, caught up on Lovecraft Country and that was about it. Uh, like I, I there's only I one left, right? A, a youth event this weekend. Like I was, I've been. There's only one Lovecraft Country left. Lovecraft Country right left right what huh i'm having a stroke apparently there's only there's only (laughs) one uh, episode of lovecraft country left correct i honestly i have no no idea i'm on episode six um because i watched that was a couple weeks behind hbo seasons are short i for whatever reason thought that the for those first four episodes that i watched before was like that was it for the season so i was like oh well i guess i'll have to wait now uh but it's it's they're doing episode by episode so which i i still prefer that over binging yeah yeah oh i agree there's a lot of stuff i need answers for and um like episode six they kind of drop something on your head and you're like wait now hold on and so that it makes made me. I might go back and rewatch the whole show up to this point because of something that happens. I'm like, there's, there's no way. <laughs> uh, well, so. before we get into our main discussion, there was something that kind of popped up last minute right before we started recording, and I didn't get time to put in as a graphic, but it still drastically impacts something we both radically care about. Um, inadvertently. Uh, Dune, the movie that I think both of us kind of agree looks awesome, probably not going to do well financially, and it was also one of our last hopes. Um, Dune has now moved its release date to October of 2021, coincidentally taking the current spot of the Batman, which they haven't said anything yet, but they're by the same studio. So the Batman more than likely is also moving, even though it's a long way off. You don't want two tentpole movies, even though the Batman is going to drastically outsell Dune, mark my words. Um, so more than likely the Batman is delayed because Dune is now in its spot. Uh, some people are saying yeah. it's going to be delayed till 2022. I'm like, I don't, I don't think that. There's still plenty of opportunities in 2021 later on, like maybe thanksgiving or christmas time like well, there's other things they'll go head to head with by wb that they wouldn't want to clash with sherlock holmes 3 is not coming out next year they have not even started filming that i think they're not even done with the script writing phase so that's that's gonna be a 2022 thing um i don't want batman to get further delayed especially not till 2022 um and we'll get more into why it sucks for dune in a little bit here for the general theaters but oh man this another one um mm-hmm. which has big implications for the movie theaters but again that's a topic that we'll get into in a little bit for the news josh you hearing that dune is canceled initial reactions i yeah <laughs> like it's 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 kind of par for the course at this point honestly um thoughts on it potentially um going up making batman delayed though Oh, um, I mean, sure. I, I think if anybody would do do more with just a little extra time, it'd be Matt Reeves. Like, I, I, I feel that, yeah, I feel that no, no matter what, like, if it gets pushed back, the time is going to get used efficiently anyway. So I, I, I don't know, man. It's, it's 
pandemic season, I guess. It's, it's par for the course. Um, I, given that the story from Regal that came out today, I don't know how worried we should be yeah. about about uh, things coming out in theaters. Yeah, we'll get we'll get to the Regal thing, which any other yeah. week the Regal thing would be the biggest thing. However, there's that news topic that when I came across my desk, like I have an actual desk or something, I actually had yep. to double, triple, and like quadruple check because tell me, tell me the news of Jamie Foxx returning as Electro in Spider-Man 3 doesn't sound like a clickbait, we got this covered article. It totally does. So I am just like, yeah, yeah, right, sure. Um, and then some reputable sources were reporting it, and then the Hollywood Reporter themselves came out with it saying, yes, Jamie Foxx is coming back as Electro for Spider-Man 3. And thanks to the good man himself, Jamie Foxx, we'll get into this more detail a little bit, but Jamie Foxx may or may not have let off more than he was supposed to in a quickly deleted Instagram post. Um, uh, but before we get into any of that, I have thoughts naturally because oh my gosh this thing is like calling my name in both excitement but a whole whole bunch of worry and concern first of all i have made it no secret i think jamie fox's portrayal as electro is one of the worst superhero portrayals in a comic book movie ever i thought his electro was god-awful and I have no idea why they are bringing him back. However, um, Jamie Foxx in that since-deleted post that we'll deep dive a little bit more in a little bit here because it's tinfoil hat time. Um, he outright stated, I'm back, but I ain't going to be blue this time. And I'm going, oh, you're not. So there's a potential you're going to be good this time? Um, I have a lot of concerns but they're not the concerns that you might think i have josh um but before we get into my worries and my big question marks that i have here which really play into the tinfoil hat time you see because actually you are more of a defender of the amazing movies than i am so this is a more or less your your area on this one so you see that Jamie Foxx has come back as a version of Electro for Spider-Man 3. What are you thinking? I, I don't... I'm so like... I'm like when I was like you when I... When, I think you sent this to me or I, yeah. saw, or I saw it on Facebook or something when you posted it. Um, I still don't believe it. <laughs> I don't think it's a thing. I don't know. But... Um, all in all, I I don't know how you can say worst movie portrayal of a of a, of a comic book villain ever when um you know in that same movie we have a green goblin um which is just terrible uh who at least he's well, not trying to be Jim Carrey's Riddler yeah okay actually I take it back he's not the worst but he's in the top three because probably the worst is unfortunately paul giamatti's rhino in the exact same movie yeah, which is i am the rhino which is unfortunate because 
And I think you, I said this to you when the movie was coming out. I was like, Paul Giamatti as the Rhino? Oh, I love, I like, I really like, like that. I, to this day, I, the idea of it, I still really like. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, let's, okay, let, let, I'm going to say the things I like about Jimmy, uh, Jamie Curtis. Uh, Curtis. Jamie Curtis. Jamie Curtis as Electro. No. Um, as much as I love Jamie Curtis. Uh, what about Jamie Lee Curtis as the female Doc Ock in Into the Spider-Verse? Okay, I'm down for that. Let's do that. That that would be really cool. Um, anyway, uh, Jamie Foxx's Electra. Electro. <laughs> I can't talk today, bro. I don't know what's going on. Now I've got um, Jamie Foxx in that Electra outfit, and I don't want that in my head. Yeah, no. I Okay, here's the thing, dude. Um, bringing him back is weird. It makes me ask questions about multiverse right off the bat. Um, because... To my knowledge, Marvel has never, like, had the same person play somebody and play a character that they, when they, if they played them in a different universe. You're missing I, a big one. You're missing a very big one. I mean, but... J.K. Simmons? Okay, yeah, but it's just, that's, like, on a certain level, that's almost understood. But, like, this is, and everyone loves J.K. Simmons. Mm-hmm. Because he's the best. That's why this is so weird. But I do. I there were certain things that they did with Electro that I did like. That like basically this is the ultimate version of of Electro. That when he is like achieved complete energy synchronization or whatever, so he's able to go through um, like uh, 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 power outlets and stuff like that. So it's like really really cool stuff. And I wish they would have. Oh, I don't know. Stuck to one villain, mm. and maybe we would have been able to like Jamie Foxx's Electro a little bit more. I just, I don't know, dude. It's it's weird. Um, like I said, I and I think I'm with you on the tinfoil hat. It makes me personally think of uh, multi the the Spider Verse right off the bat. Yeah. So here's where my concerns start piling up. And it's not good. Um, this makes me think that we're getting a Spider-Verse sooner rather than later, which on paper should make me excited. But we're getting it at a time that the MCU Peter Parker is still kind of trying to get his own identity. Um, he's still Iron Man light. Um, whereas for all their faults, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield they at least knew who they were toby was the nerdy og spider-man andrew garfield was the not particularly nice spider-man who was kind of a scumbag um but had his redeeming qualities whereas tom holland is my favorite spider-man but i feel like there's still a maturation process and the fact that it this has not been set up in any of the previous spider-mans just kind of seems like it's a well here we go like I really, really want a Into the Spider Verse live action form with all the Spider Men meeting together. I think that'd be fantastic. But there is something in the world of Spider Man that I've wanted even more than Spider Verse for basically as long as I've been reading Spider Man comics. That is the Sinister Six. This raises a lot of red flags for me. And here's why I think they're assembling 
a multiverse version of the Sinister Six. So, like, Michael Keaton's Vulture, uh, maybe Jamie Foxx's Electro, some other villains from the multiverse. And they're going to merge Sinister Six with Into the Spider-Verse. And I hate everything about that. And here's why. I think an Into the Spider-Verse live-action movie could work. And I think a Sinister Six versus Spider-Man movie could work. I don't want them to be the same movie, and here's why. Spider-Man by himself, in a six-on-one, can beat the Sinister Six. It's one of his best stories of overcoming the odds. It's like reverse Avengers. Instead of six heroes versus one villain, it's six villains versus one hero. It stacks the odds against your hero. That makes the victory better. A six-on-three is significantly less interesting to me than a six-on-one. Like... I want a Spider-Verse, and I want a Sinister Six movie. I don't want them to be the same movie, because that to me means the MCU version of Spider-Man can't take on the Sinister Six by himself. And if my Spider-Man can't beat the Sinister Six by himself, then he's no Spider-Man to me. And as much as I love Tom Holland, I don't want him to share victory over a Sinister Six with two other guys. As much as I like Toby and I like Andrew Garfield, that defeats the purpose of of it being a Sinister Six. A multiverse movie could be great, and I've wanted a Sinister Six movie more than anything. If we get an actual Sinister Six movie, that'll make me more excited than cap lifting Mjolnir's hammer, Mjolnir in Endgame. Like, that's been on my wish list even longer than that. I don't want them to be the same movie. And it's Jamie Foxx's deleted Instagram post was a fan-made poster of him being a huge ethereal presence with the backs of the three Spider-Man looking up at him kind of teasing that that's the direction we're going i would love a live action into the spider-verse i think it's way too soon for that and i don't want it to be um i don't want it to be a sinister six versus into the spider-verse like mashup but also it comes back down to jimmy fox can be a good actor in the right spot why are you bringing back his electro which is so universally hated it would be like if we got man of steel 2 because Heaven knows we can't go an episode without me mentioning it. It would be like if we get Man of Steel 2, featuring the return of Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. Like, I think people would be very much against that. Um, This has just left me stunned. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, but I think this is the first time in a very long time for Marvel, for me at least, that there's some major red flags being raised of, you're going all in on something, you better have good cards in your hand right now and know what your game plan is. Because, to be fair, Spider-Man's been messed up plenty of times. And this is your chance to make everything really cohesive and be interesting. I, I feel like this has Sony's fingerprints all over of rushing something cool. Yeah, I, I'd agree. And I, I, I think to a certain point, too, I think... Uh, We've we've said for a long time, give Spider-Man to Disney, and uh, they'll they'll make something so they can do something awesome with him. But then, like, if this is the kind of stuff we're gonna get, it's like, well, now I know for a fact I can't trust Marvel, because like, bro, like this is, I mean, I'm not gonna say this is an easy home run for you, but like, Tom's great. You like, all you gotta do is not make him Iron Man light. That's all you gotta do. And that's what Spider-Man 3, I think, what is supposed to be. But if you are doing a setup for an end of the Spider-Verse, that attention is not gonna be on him. I, I really need Spider-Man 3 to be him solidifying his identity as Spider-Man. Like, Iron Man's dead now. 
way of move past the grieving process. Knowing how the MCU operates, they'll be like, um, we're going to retcon this in this universe. I, I, which, speaking of which, um, I don't think this Electro will be the Andrew Garfield version. I think it'll be like J.K. Simmons, where it was like a parallel universes version mm-hmm. of J. Jonah. I think this will be a parallel universes version of Electro. I swear to God, if this Electro gets his powers because of some accident at Stark Industries, I will be so pissed. Um, and I think Marvel has heard the complaints of relying on too much of Iron Man for Spider-Man. And that's why I was excited for Spider-Man 3. I'm just like, okay, we can finally get past this. And this makes me really, really nervous. Um, as we know on the podcast, I'm very protective of Spider-Man. As I had my big, huge, epic rant when they had that divorce before they made up. I'm still really nervous about this. And just call me crazy with my tinfoil hat. But I think they're trying to plan something big which on paper should get spider-man fans excited i just don't know if it's the smartest plan currently yeah, but again I, this I, is me just speculating and it could completely not be the plan at all yeah no i'm with you it's there's a lot of factors going into this um i never thought that jamie fox would be worse at keeping secrets than Tom Holland, but, um, here we are, I guess. Uh, I don't know, dude. It's, it's like me having to tell all, a bunch of, all my other friends, like, they're like, well, I can't wait to see Spider-Man and Venom too. I'm like, I mean, maybe. He'll, he'll be there. He'll be there. But I, mm, I think I'm not going to bet, I'm not going to bet the house on it. I think he'll be there. Um, well, the other big news topic, this one sucks to talk about um and we can't really blame james bond i mean we can partially blame james bond but it's not entirely their fault despite my graphic here um so james bond's no time to die has been delayed until april 2nd 2021 and thus has prompted certain movie theaters for right now it is just regal but mark my words other theaters are going to follow suit that they're going to be closing again coming yeah. this Thursday. At least Regal is. I'm not as optimistic this time around um, when theaters close the first time in March, like right before A Quiet Place, which I'm still mad about that. that there are people in this world, professional reviewers, that have seen A Quiet Place 2 right before this, and I'm so mad because that was one of my most anticipated movies. Um, I'm not as optimistic about the return of movie theaters as I was in March. Because by at back in March we're like okay by July or August things will be back to normal. People didn't abide by safety regulations, and so as the adage I've been going with this whole time is, this pandemic has basically been like a teacher telling the kids, y'all just need to be quiet for exactly three minutes. But every time somebody talks, you get an extra minute on your timeout, and the whole class just won't shut up. So they keep dragging out this quarantine. So. Now the theaters are back closed because, um, again, shameless plug, last week we talked about this extensively with my lovely wife who, as of this week, worked at a movie theater. And I'm not sad just because I have someone that worked there losing her part-time income. Um, They have been cutting down hours ridiculously anyway. um, It's not like our main source of income. So it's more just sad losing some income there, but... 
I'm sad because I genuinely believe theaters will not open again when they have the chance. And it's the studios. I know the studios are trying to think in their best interest of we need to release this when people feel safe to go to the theaters again. Um, And I get that a lot of places are not open. That's fine. But studios, if you keep delaying your movies, you will not have a theater to come back to. And I fear we've gotten to that point now because I guarantee you now that Dune has moved, um, now that this has moved, theaters are not opening again for the rest of the year. Like I still have some that are um, open till the end of October because they have like Halloween related movies showing for October. So I'm going to watch Halloween 2018 next week. But after that, I think theaters are going to be closed until at the very earliest January, February of next year, if they ever open again. And you guys know me, Josh, you know me. I really try and be an optimist as much as I can be. I'm saying theaters are dead. As we know them, theaters are dead. I've had this discussion with my dad, and he is in the same camp as me, of we think that when theaters eventually do open, they will go the way of what drive-ins were before the pandemic. They're still around, but the die-hardest of die-hard goes to them, and they're very hard to find. Yeah. I don't think the industry is going to survive this, because movie theaters have such a razor-thin profit margin as is, and you are now basically going to go nine out of the 12 months of this year with virtually no income. Now, I know that's a lot of businesses, but a lot of businesses have the opportunity to work from home or work in limited capacities. A lot of companies rely on their own products. Theaters rely on other people's stuff. And if that's taken away from them, sorry, it's... I want theaters to survive. I just really don't have faith that they'll be back and that really makes me sad it's gonna be weird if movie theaters don't come back it's gonna be weird to know that the last new movie i saw in theaters was bill and ted um but i'm proud of that choice yeah josh you see no time to die has been delayed again and more than likely now that regal is closing other theaters will follow suit and theaters will be closing what are you making of it about the same as you, man. It's unfortunate and it sucks, but I mean, much like drive-ins, I'll still like if we if it does become the way of the drive drive-in with with regular movie theaters. Um, I'm still gonna I, I I'm sorry I'm gonna say I would still like to make an effort to go to a movie theater if they're close or whatever you know. It's but it's the same time like. It's hard to not enjoy the 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 uh, just being able to watch new movies at the comfort of your own home. Um, although I do like, and I think at the end of the day, I, the in theater movie experience is so much better. Um, it's just, yeah, like you said, dude. The profit margin is so razor thin already. That's why they have to charge so much for food and drinks and all you know all these other things because that's where that's that's where the money's coming from. Um, so I I don't know, man. It's it stinks. 
And um, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens, man. I I, I kind of hope that next year or maybe in November or something, um, something changes. Something you know, maybe all this will turn around somehow. Who knows? But it's it just sucks. So. The thing that makes me the saddest more than anything else is not the fact that the theaters are closing, but all these like websites um, like Hollywood Reporter, various social medias that are posting these stories that theaters may be gone forever. What's really actually just breaking my heart is so many of the comments that I'm reading from Facebook, from Twitter are people going, good riddance, I watch things at home. I'm going, guys, that's not how movies are meant to be seen like some movies like netflix trash you can watch on a screen because they're meant to be seen on home screens but some movies for all tenants issues with its sound mix and everything else that's clearly meant to be on the big screen but also for those people that say you prefer watching movies at home just cast your mind back not even a year ago when we all sat giddy with excitement for endgame Watch Endgame now when Steve picks up the hammer and you don't hear the roar of the crowd, the excitement, the loud squeals of delight seeing T'Challa come through the portal with all the Wakandan soldiers, the crowd, the atmosphere, the loud cheers when Avengers Assembled hits. All that's taken away. You can have your surround sound, your 4K TV, and everything else at home. But without the crowd, it's just a viewing experience. It's just a movie at home. It's not an actual viewing experience. But also, if we don't have movie theaters, movies like Endgame are gone. Because studios need box office revenue for you going to the theater to survive. If they don't have that, we're getting much smaller scale movies from here on out. And movies that are specifically made to be watched on your home TV. Which, call me a purist, I don't care. That's not how movies are always intended to be watched. Some are meant to be seen on big, elaborate screens. Like, we've got a friend of ours that's been trying to get us to see Jurassic Park with him and his kids. That's a movie that's meant to be seen on the big screen. You can have the biggest TV you want. You will never be able to emulate how it is in a theater. And it makes me incredibly sad that people just so easily want to cast that aside because of something that might be a little more convenient for them. And... Maybe I'm too old school, but it just yeah, that's not. I don't think that's fair or good. Yeah, well, it just uh, it just sucks. I would say we're getting more optimistic news, but no, it's more just greedy Disney news. Disney news. Um, so the Lion King movie last year, one of the single most disappointing movies I've seen in a while. Um, it is now getting a sequel for some reason, by the director of Moonlight, which is supposed to be a prequel-slash-sequel that'll explore the origins of Mufasa. Um... Okay. Why? Just... I get it. The other one made a billion dollars, but also... Disney, do you realize that half the people that saw Lion King didn't like it? Um... Of all your live-action ones that you've made, why is this the one? Like, I know we're getting an Aladdin sequel. There's more interesting stories to tell, though. That's fine. <sighs> and I know some people out there will be like, 
Well, are they going to follow the story of the original VHS movies of, like, Simba's Pride or Lion King 1 and half? No, because they want them to be good movies. I'd... I don't care what you say. Those movies aren't as good as you remember them being. Disney directed VHS movies, by and large, are pretty trash. Except for Return of Jafar. That one's not too bad. Um, no, they, they want their stories to be good. But this is just one of those of, like, blatantly just... Yeah, we, we, we just want to make more money. Like, we know that's all these live-action remakes have been, is we want to make more money. Really? Is that... Do we have to spend more time in this Lion King world? Like, I was so no. excited for the last one, and it was so disappointing. Um, yeah. Like, it's so well cast, but everyone seems like they're just sleepwalking through it. And also, I was never the biggest fan of Be Prepared, but good lord, did you butcher that song in that movie. Um, you see, yeah. Lion King 2 is happening for some reason by the Academy Award-winning director of Moonlight. Ugh. What do you think, Josh? Yeah. I mean, I, I think my biggest issue with the Lion King movie was not necessarily, like, the start of study cast and how they slept with, walked through it. It's really hard to give an emotional performance when you don't let your actual animated... Yeah, I said animated. Uh, characters have emotion. The... Uh, like, when um, the big best example is when Mufasa dies and Simba screams no, the voice is telling me the emotion, but there's nothing on that that lion cub's face that tells me that he's sad. The exact opposite happened. There's quite a few people that laughed at my showing. Yeah. Because, like, it's like, okay, I don't see... What am I looking at here? I don't get it. So it's just... I don't know, like you said, blatant money-hungry, power-grubbing, whatever. It's just dumb. The worst, dumb, thing, dumb, dumb, dumb. the worst thing about this is Disney has this great knack for acquiring great directors and then homogenizing their work to be so bland and devoid of their signature style. Like, I know it's going to hit home for you. Kenneth Branagh is a good director. What the heck did Disney do to Artemis Fowl? Because I yeah. feel like Kenneth Branagh could have done a good Artemis Fowl movie if, you know, he acted like Artemis Fowl. But Disney, like, has to make everything so, like, strip away almost all the creative freedom. Like, John Favreau, Jungle Book is outstanding. Still my favorite of the Disney Live Action remakes. Then he does Lion King, and I feel like they just took away all of his creative freedom there. Then, surprisingly, when he has creative freedom again for Mandalorian, look what happens! It's like Disney doesn't realize... Maybe creativity and studio support <gasps> makes money. Wow. It, they they just want... They Disney is becoming the Starbucks of the movie industry. They are cheap to make. They overprice everything. And everything kind of tastes... You know what you're going to get with the taste. It's nothing spectacular. It's not the best you'll ever have. But it's a safe bet even if it's not the best of quality it's just that consistency is consistently average but i don't know it's yeah it's tough i don't know that it regal is. that regal story just wiped me out of it but surprisingly yeah, dude, i mean there's been so much in the news lately as far as for movies and stuff like that that's just like like just 
We need a win, man. We need a win, like, now. So, speaking of which, believe it or not, this news story, maybe it's just because we've been so devoid of content for a while, this news story actually made me really excited. Like, I was genuinely happy, which is weird, because I know nothing about this girl. So, um, as we know, we're getting a Miss Marvel series on Disney+. Plus. So, Miss, for those that don't know, Miss Marvel is kind of, kind of... Like the Robin to Captain Marvel's Batman-ish. Um, with some of the similar powers of Mr. Fantastic, like stretching and everything else. Except she's like a huge fanboy of all the Marvel characters. So she's getting her own show on Disney+. Plus. I'm trying to remember what her claim to fame is. It is either she is the first major Pakistani superhero or the first Muslim superhero. It's, it's one of those two. It might yeah. be both. Um but we now have relatively newcomer to the fact of like she only has like one credit or something on IMDb. Let me make sure I'm pronouncing her name correctly. Iman Vellani as Miss Marvel. I have no idea why, but this made me super, super excited for this little girl because she I think there's a lot of fun possibilities with Miss Marvel. I played a little bit of the Avengers game, at least that beta from a few weekends ago didn't like it one of the few things i did like though was miss marvel she actually had charm and personality but more than anything with this girl i i know nothing about her i don't know i just got giddy going good for you relative unknown i feel like you're gonna crush this because you it's one of those roles of like you have to have enthusiasm to be miss marvel and i don't know why i just maybe because we're so devoid of happiness in this time but seeing this relatively new up-and-comer this young woman get cast in this role i don't know i felt really happy for her going i don't know who you are but i feel like you're gonna do well i'm so happy for you this is cool um yeah i'm excited for the prospect of miss marvel um because it's one of those characters of young kids and different nationalities we'll be able to see them again it's that diversifying who people see on the big screen it's not just your stereotypical white dude superhero anymore now you've got Black Panther. Now you're going to have Miss Marvel. Kids will be able to see themselves in these various roles. Um, again, I know nothing about her. Off the bat, she's immediately better than Captain Marvel, which, fun fact, Josh, this girl has a letterbox. Uh, for those that don't know, letterbox is like a, a fan thing where you can kind of give your quick brief thoughts on movies. She gave Captain Marvel a two out of five stars. Jeez. Jeez. Okay. I'm like, what she could be saying is, uh, maybe you're just missing uh, someone special like me. She she said <laughs> she said uh, she doesn't blame Brie Larson at all for it. Um, and I don't know if I do either. Her performance was awful, but maybe that's the the five writers for that movie. But I just think it's funny that she's now being associated with Captain Marvel. Yet she gave two out of five stars to a Captain Marvel movie. <laughs> like, yeah. she's my hero right now. <laughs> yeah, but, man. I, like you said, it's probably just like we we needed a win. We need somebody to be to cheer for. And I mean, dude, bring it bring it on. Maybe this will be an opportunity for Disney to keep their promise that the Disney shows are connected to this the MCU. Mm. Well, we'll see about that. It's got to be better than the ABC stuff. Well, last but not least is the most out of left field. And again, 
no guarantees this will actually happen because it's not like a certain group has a tendency to cancel projects that they've announced. Magic Treehouse series! Um, but Netflix is developing a Conan the Barbarian series. Yes, the movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger that, for Josh's sake, yes, did in fact get rebooted once in 2011 with Jason Maman Momoa. Um, <laughs> yep. I, I would say I'm excited, but I know nothing about the Conan other than there's one version that's got ridiculously orange hair. That's very signature. Um, this could be interesting. This hasn't been green lit yet. They're still developing it. But it's, again, that thing of, like, Netflix, stop announcing stuff if you don't actually have an in- intention of... Okay, it's weird, but I'm going to quote Phantom Menace in a positive manner. It's like Newt Gunray at the beginning. Why didn't you tell him about the missing Jedi? We'll give him a report when we have something to report. Um, <laughs> it's like Netflix... Stop announcing stuff unless you actively are working on something. Like you said, you're working on the last Airbender series. And then you lost two of the main creative heads for that show. Um, And also, announcing this a few days before you announce the cancellation of one of your biggest shows, Glow? Probably not the best idea. Um, Yeah. Because Netflix, you know, has that tendency to go, Oh, this show is popular. Let's end it after three seasons so we don't have to pay our actors any more money. Um, I think after the success of The Witcher, which is like one of your main shows, Josh, I think they're just digging through the trash going, okay, what can people mistakenly confuse with The Witcher that we can build a fan base around? Oh, this guy's got a sword too. He's got big muscles. He's got long hair. Um, The Witcher copy. There you go. (laughs) Yeah, it's, mm, I have many issues with this. Um, First of all, I misread the news topic the first time uh, I was going through it, and I thought it was uh, The Barbarian, like that animated show with the talking sword. Dave the Barbarian? Yeah. Barbarian. <laughs> Dude, if it would have been that, boy, I would have... Why is that but, not on Disney Plus? I don't know, because that show's great. It was uh, weird. <laughs> it was very weird. Like, who came up with that idea? I don't know. But it's like that perfect kind of like Chowder and uh, Flap, The Adventures of Flapjack. It was like that perfect like weird combo Dude. of like action adventure and like weird comedy. Dude, I don't know, man. Imagine, been... imagine a live action Dave the Barbarian with Patrick Warburton as Dave. Stop. <laughs> or Brendan Fraser. Mm. I, I can see Brendan. Get him jacked again. Hashtag get Brendan jacked again. That's what we're going to... I'm, I'm starting this. Um, <laughs> Did you ever see the Jason Momoa version? I have. Because I was supposed to say, you have, you've seen basically every movie in Momoa's filmography, uh, if you give can. Give or take, give or take. Uh, what I about mean, I, to the head? I met Momoa in uh, Stargate Atlantis. <gasps> yeah, buddy! Somebody else remembers that besides me and my parents. Because <laughs> well, I mainly because they used to like I so I'm I was homeschooled right so like we know they we know. used to play all the reruns of um, SG One and then Atlantis. They like half the half the year they would do um, they would go all the way through SG One and then they would start Atlantis and then go all the way through that. So it was really cool. I've always said, half joking but half serious, that Jason Momoa is the embodiment of a literal pokemon because he's evolved because he started his career on baywatch and then he was in stargate atlantis 
and then he was called Drogo, the king of the sea, and then he became Aquaman. He's like building up his career to be Aquaman someday. I'm I'm just glad <laughs> someone now knows my Stargate Atlantis. Yeah, right. Pokemon I mean, come on. evolution. But you saw I mean, what did you one... think of the Momoa Conan? Oh, that that it's explains a, it. It's a thing that happened. <laughs> okay. Conan? You know like Jason Momoa Conan or the Rock um Hercules. Oh, that's not even a question. Rock Hercules. Ooh, what about Conan Momoa Conan or Kellen Lutz Hercules? <laughs> yes, I do with, remember I'm, I'm that movie happening. Momoa. I'm gonna go with Momoa just because he he at his core is very entertaining. From from your experience with the Jason Momoa Conan, is there a potential for something here? Given that I don't think either of us have seen the Arnie one. Uh, I have. I've seen the Arnie. Oh, one. Oh, have you seen um, the Arnie one? Okay. And it's. Bo- I mean, it's it's gone in the barbarian. It's a, it's a it's a movie about a barbarian. I don't know what else you want. Well, I don't know what you're expecting. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, I guess um, maybe if they give it the Witcher treatment with Momoa, it could have potential. Maybe, but I mean, of the things out there to make, I don't know if this is it. I don't think this is it. I'm willing to bet the house that they want to make this a shared cinematic universe so they can have like a Red Sonia spin-off. Think like Hercules spinning off into Xenon Warrior Princess type of thing. Oh but, yay! Um... You know what? No, you know what? I don't want this to happen because I need my magic treehouse. I need my Avatar: The Last Airbender. No, like we're <laughs> stop announcing stuff. Like, ugh. and then you're gonna do this and cancel. Glo- Get out of here. Anyway, all right. You know what? Did what they should do. Um is I, don't, I know we're getting a sequel movie but they should do a netflix live action series on scary stories to tell in the dark i know there was a movie the movie was great but do it like a kids or teen version of creep show of different short stories i that's what netflix should do for spooky season but what do we know hmm. which admittedly is not much um yeah. <laughs> josh you got a sponsor for us this week before you get into spoopy times Oh, geez. Um, today's episode of an Uncharted Media Podcast is brought to you in part by Haunted Houses. Go out and support your local haunted houses this year. If they're open. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, there's they're some open. by us that are I haven't gotten around to, but that are like drive-through attractions. That nice. I'm, I'm curious That's kind of cool. How, yeah, I'm curious how those would do. But yes, speaking of haunted houses, that is our discussion this week. Best haunted house movies so it has to be the house or place of residence itself it's all <laughs> kinds of spoopy it can't be a specific item in that house it can't be like as josh and i discussed before this it can't be like oculus where the mirror is what's causing all the problems or like an yeah. annabelle or well, i almost put well, in... the house is definitely affected in oculus it it's the mirror itself that is the the haunted thing yes or i almost put insidious on the list but insidious is not the problem or oh oh true i'm i completely missed one because i overthought of like a, this movie which we'll just make that the first one i completely forgot about the one movie that has kept both you and i up at night the only horror movie that's ever done that sinister bro that is on my list are you kidding me how you could you forget about sinister because when i was thinking back to sinister i was trying to remember if it was the house's fault or the kid's fault technically both 
Yes, <laughs> that's why I'm just. I feel like we can talk about Sinister because it's they move into the house, then stuff goes bad. Then when they move the houses, they think they're gonna be fine, but then, spoiler alert for Sinister, no, bad things yes. happen to everyone. Um, yes, Sinister. At least the first one. The second one is. They tried. In the words of Red Letter <laughs> Media. In the words of Red Letter Media. Sinister 2 is the most disappointing thing since my son. Um, <laughs> Sinister 2 is bad. But the first one, I remember we watched it um, with a whole bunch of people. And the collective sigh of relief whenever they cut to, like, daytime. And we know it's safe. We're like, oh, okay, we're, we're fine now. Um, we got it. We, we got can, through it. We, we got through it. We can make it. <laughs> was it Sinister that you beat the crap out of Neslo? Yeah, it was sinister. So what and happened? He, tried, he thought it was a good idea to scare me at, at, during the daytime scene. So I was like, "What are you doing, bro?" So during I'm not a movie gonna... too. I don't care if you scare me. Don't do it during a movie. So I'm not gonna lie. I've always remembered that that you being scared and just jumping a mile high and punching the person that scared you which makes me go if you come back for horror if you come down to horror nights next year when everything's normal again it makes you real worried about taking you through houses that you're gonna end up punching a scare actor and getting us kicked out or something so and josh is not denying it uh like i will go first to make sure you don't have a punch reaction <laughs> here's the thing man um the first haunted house i was ever in i got kicked out of oh no for that reason because I I was with my girlfriend at the time, the guy jumped out, and Josh's fight or flight instincts kicked in, and he went straight for her, and I was like, "No, sir!" And oh no, punched you punched her? Yeah, I, 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 I broke his nose. Oh no, I thought you punched her. You said you, I went right for her. Oh no, I like he was he was coming straight for her, and I was like, "No, sir, not today." <laughs> so. Oh, I'm not concerned at it. But needless to say, Josh scares easily, and will punch you apparently. But apparently, Sinister, Sinister is very unsettling, and it's great. But also, this is a weird nitpick. Is this like the only one-story house of movies that we're going to talk about today? Because I've always thought the look of the Sinister house was so bland and nonchalant. Like normally, haunted houses are like this big, extravagant mansion, like Crimson yes. Peak or Haunted Mansion. This one is just like. No, it's a one-story town home. I'm going. Oh, not nothing spooky could be here. Everything about it doesn't seem threatening at all. Like, and they, I think, in some ways, and they, they might do that on purpose. But yeah, like it's just like even like the first shot of the house is just kind of like, oh, it's just like, it's just a house. It's a thing. That's cool. All right, cool. And then everything goes sideways, goes all downhill from there. And yeah, the tapes, which. Admittedly, the tapes don't show as much as we think they do. Our brain fills in the gaps. Um, Which is genius. The lawnmower thing just still... No, 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 no. Um, still not as bad as now that Josh has seen Goodnight Mommy, half the stuff in Goodnight Mommy. Just, Bro. Nope. That's not a haunted house movie, but... Um, probably the biggest name haunted house movie in recent memory, at least... By our good buddy from the Aquaman movie, James Wan. Both Conjurings, but for this list, we'll just stick with the first Conjuring. Oh, I put both on both of them on here. I would. Because <laughs> I, like I like them both so much. I like half of Conjuring 2. I think the problem is Conjuring 2. It's 
way too long. It's way longer than it needs to be. Like, by a solid 45 minutes, it is ridiculously yeah. long. And also, sets up too many sequels. Like, the first one yeah. is a pretty self-contained story. However, the first one I do have a minor grievance against, because it's the only movie on our list we're going to talk about today, that they kill the dog. Come on. Was that really yeah. necessary? Because, believe it or not, if I remember correctly, the dog is the only thing that dies in The Conjuring. Yep. And I'm like, come on, really? You had to kill the dog? That's not fair. Couldn't you not just kill Patrick Wilson instead? <laughs> Stop! No! Be nice! Like, I like Patrick Wilson, but I'd sacrifice him for a dog. <laughs> fair. Okay. I, that's, yeah, it's a dog. Like, that's just <laughs> logic. Like, even even your beloved franchise, Josh, Friday the 13th, they didn't even kill the dog. Anchorman mean, treats dog. Hold on. I know, I know. That's why I said okay. it. Anchorman is meaner to dogs than Friday the Thirteenth is. <laughs> yeah, hmm. I'm in a glass case of emotion. Backstab. Oh man! But to get back to the Conjuring, bowl. Uh, yeah, like like he said, specifically the first one is really solid, and I think in some ways. Um, I don't know about you, but this is kind of like, this was the first, uh, it's, it is the first in the Conjuring, the Conjuring universe, um, but large air quotes on that. Um, and bro, it's, I, I still think to this day, it's the most solid of, out of all of them. Oh yeah. Well, um, Annabelle creation. See, I might put. I'm, it's very close. I'm very biased towards David F. Sandberg, though. That, um, that's fair. That's fair. That's but fair. The Conjuring, I, I will would... put in the camp of like one of the best modern horror movies of yes. like one of the ones that like everyone gained attention. But it's also rightly so. It's not one of those like a Paranormal Activity sequels. Everyone just talks about it, but it's not actually that good. Because I remember yeah. when Paranormal Activities were coming out. Which would those count? I haven't seen the Paranormal Activities, actually. Were those I haven't, one? and that's why I didn't put them on the list. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, try, I'm trying to track down the first one. I can see all the sequels in places. I don't know if Paranormal Activity counts as the house itself as what's evil. But I remember when those were coming out, I was like, oh, you gotta see the new paranormal, newest Paranormal Activity. And I've heard not great things about everything besides the first one. Um, but, yeah, The Conjuring, on the other hand, is one that got ridiculously popular really quick. But also was really, really good. Yes. Oh, I agree. I think it did a really good job of doing a lot of classic scares, but doing them in such a fresh way that it threw, at least, you know, for you and me, it threw us off. I'm like, oh, I see where you're going with it. Wait a second. The only thing I would have changed is, and it has nothing to do with the movie, it's the marketing. I would not have shown the clap in trailers. Because, so, like, hide and clap, the hide and clap scene. Oh, Like, that yeah, was in yeah, yeah. every single trailer. And I would have kept that because that was a good scare. Without saying too much, it would be like if in the trailer for Haunting of a Hill House, they showed that one scare that happens in the car. Because um, then you're on guard for it and you're not going to be scared as much. Um, but The Conjuring is fantastic and holds up incredibly well. Um what are some other ones you got there, Josh? Um, I have The Woman in Black on this list. 
Okay, do, I was gonna put that one. Does that? It's yes. been a while since I've seen that one. Does that count? Is it the house or the, the actual woman in black? So the the thing is that the spirit is attached to the house. It's not like she can chase him elsewhere. You well, know what I mean? Well, do you remember how it ends? I do, but I would argue he's dead before then. And so that's literally his spirit going there. Which, maybe, if we want to read too much into this, Woman in Black is where Daniel, Daniel Radcliffe's career died so he could be reborn as the better actor. Because people seem to only think of him as Harry Potter, but he's probably one of the best actors working today, guys. Daniel Radcliffe's awesome. Dude, and well, and to me, I think... I wouldn't say this is his best work by far from it, but... It's so radically different. I think it's one of his more underrated performances. Yes. Oh, I agree. Um, when he's freaking out, trying to dig out the dead son uh, from the from the swamp, it's some of the best emotion I think I've ever, uh, up to that point, had seen from from Radcliffe. So he's, it's so good. He he's. Uh, I counted it because it's the house and the prop property so that it surrounds. Because it's the house itself that actually affects the uh, the town. It's the house itself that affects the swamp that surrounds it. Like it, so it's while yes, it is the uh, the spirit that lives there. It's still like that spirit is not technically powerful enough to bring back all the souls of the of the, all the kids that are in that cemetery and all that so you know it's, like, it's it's the house as well ha- it, it is haunted which has one of the most interesting scares i think for me anyway where um because we don't see the spirit for a long time mm-hmm. like a long time mm-hmm. uh, it's when he's i think he falls asleep yeah, he falls asleep at the desk, and for and like the camera like leaves him. And for me, anyway, I was like, "Wait, why are we leaving him? That's our focus." And it leaves, it goes through the hallway, goes into the next, uh, through, from the front door to a door that's uh, right next to the front door. You see it unlock and open, and that's it. And you're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! Hold on, <laughs> what are we seeing here?" It's very good. Woman in Black. The sequel is not as good, but the woman, the first Woman no. in Black. I feel like definitely went under a lot of people's radars and maybe it's because maybe people found out about the ending and people like happy endings, but in a sense it kind of, it's a satisfactory ending. It's more of a sad ending to me. Yeah. It's old Gothic doesn't always mean happy ending. It's a yeah. tragedy, um, but still excellently told story. Uh, what else you got? Um, I'm going to be daring and put Crimson Peak up there. Never saw it. However, I will say it visually it looks cool. Oh, dude, it's visually it's a very, very impactful movie. Um, now, I won't sit here and say that it's up to Conjuring level at all. Um, it's definitely, because it is a Guillermo del Toro movie, Definitely more on the thoughtful side of horror than the scare side, and I think that's why it uh, it didn't get it wasn't talked about as much. It was mismarketed. Yeah, because it's it's a 
Guillermo del Toro movie. It's a gothic it's not romance, a, not a horror. Yeah, it it is more of a horror. Like I would, I'm still going to use the word. No, yeah, I, I think that hits it on the head, Nathan. The the, the got like a gothic romance. Um, there's a lot of scary stuff that happens, mm-hmm. a lot of really disturbing imagery, um, but the house itself is definitely haunted, and there's a lot of really interesting stories that are told from that. And I, honestly, I mean, I, I would recommend you see it. I mean, from if anything, from just a visual standpoint, and like, so, again, it's a Del Toro man. Like, hit the way that guy finds ways to bring things we've never seen to the screen it's just or like bring spirits to the screen in a way we've never seen before that isn't just like ooh little Rookie ghostly scary skeletons yeah, and shivers down your spine yeah, exactly it just felt it actually felt everything feels real in his movies really I, I mean I would dare say all of them anything that he does he tries does a really good job of bringing to like almost a reality not like christopher nolan reality but like a del toro um, reality yeah like it, it feels like this exists in this plane of existence i'm still mad like we could have a universal monster shared universe of tim burton take your pick dracula whatever else del toro doing creature from the black lagoon um lee winnell or james wan doing some form of a creature feature or ghostly creature. I'm. Why has Del Toro not done a Universal monster movie? I feel like, um, what was it? The Shape of Water is yeah. his attempt at it, as close as he can get to it. It's mm-hmm. like a merging of Creature from the Black Lagoon with a little bit of Phantom of the Opera, but more Creature from the Black Lagoon. Um, which, <laughs> known for other things, but yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I like some Del Toro. I just have not got around to Crimson Peak, primarily just because I had heard that the trailers were deceptive. I think I'll get around to seeing it at some point, because um, I, I kind of know what to expect of, like, it is not a horror movie in the slightest. I mean, it may have some horrific elements, but it's more, look at how pretty this is. It's one of those of, like, the movie may not have been that great, but boy, I would love to see it as a Halloween Horror Nights house because of the gothic architecture and everything else. I'd, I'd much yes. rather walk through the movie than watch it, as mean yes. as that is to say. Um, I will say my one and only kids movie on this list. No! What? Do you have multiple kids movies? Oh, no, wait, no. I have two. I have two. One of them is okay, good. Okay, okay, one of them okay. is good and one of I them... I have one. I have one. That I make it a point to watch every October. That I was I was I was trying to save, but oh, then I'll I'll go with the one that I hope I really hope is not on your list because it doesn't deserve to be on my list. But I thought it was worth talking about anyway because I'm sure there's gonna be some blind nostalgia babies out there that'll still claim this movie's <laughs> good. Haunted Mansion. Yeah. Guys, rewatch it. It is not as good as you remember, despite Eddie Murphy trying i think i think he's trying i don't know but uh, the problem is haunted mansion has 999 happy haunts but there's room for a thousand any volunteers um as i've been on it plenty of times you pick the most boring human characters you have 999 ghosts that is 999 storytelling possibilities and you tell the story of a person and his name is anakin no um 
Jim Evers. Now, I will give credit where credit is due for Haunted Mansion. Like Crimson Peak, it looks gorgeous. Like um, the big staircase at the front that kind of looks like the, um, what's it, that um, Backstreet's Back music video that looks like that courtyard, which is the most oddly specific reference you will ever hear me make on this podcast. Um, It's visually looks gorgeous stories a little weak however i'll always give credit where credit's due of terrence stamp as the butler it's a shame he didn't get to say like kneel before me as a reference to superman 2 but um also disney kind of pushed the boundaries a little bit at the beginning because on the haunted mansion ride your ghost host supposedly is master gracie who's the like the owner of the house in the movie as well in both the movie and the ride, they show him hanging himself. And I was like, oh, good for you, Disney. Way to show a dead body in your movie. It wasn't like a silhouette. It was actually his limp body. Good for you. Um, but also, I've always been confused by both the ride and the movie. He hangs himself in like a big like atrium. I'm going, one, how'd you get up there? And two, who got you down? Um... I wanted Haunted Mansion to be better, and I feel like there's so many storytelling opportunities there, and that's why I'm happy that it's supposedly getting a new movie. But guys, go back and watch it on Disney+. Plus. It is not as good as you remember, despite the fact that I remember the marketing being everywhere for that movie. <laughs> yeah. I've never seen it. So. Really? You <laughs> never saw it? Nah, dude. Have you seen any of the Disney attraction-based movies? Outside of Pirates of the Caribbean, no. What about Country Bears? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I see Country Bears. I will still say Country Bears isn't that bad. Um, I will say yeah. Country I will say Country Bears is not that bad because it almost is like self-aware that it's not the best, and so it makes stupid jokes. Plus, can you honestly tell me that Christopher Walken isn't giving his absolute 100% A game in that movie. He's bringing like rare form crazy walking in that movie and it's wonderful. He crushes a model house with an anvil that's installed within his office while he wears no pants and dances in slippers. Like <laughs> come on. What more do you want from your Christopher Walken? Plus You're, okay, at, fair enough. Fair enough. At the end he goes, "I'll get you." Bez. <laughs> like what more do you want? That can count as a haunted house movie. I don't care. <laughs> no, I'm not counting it. I'm not counting it. <laughs> Fine. <sighs> we'll leave yeah, the other no, kids' I, movie for later. Yeah, it, it's one of those one I might have to try to watch this 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 uh, this season. But the the thing though that I have found is because like I, I mean I don't think it's any secret at least on the podcast that I didn't grow up with watching movies so a lot of movies that people have a lot of nostalgia for um particularly in the halloween season looking at you hocus pocus yeah um, hocus pocus is trash hocus pocus I, is trash hocus I pocus do is trash not like like i saw it and i was like it's mildly fun i guess no. i it's just it's not i don't want i, I never want to crap on somebody else's happiness but yeah but... I, it's it's dude. It's just not that good. I think Hocus Pocus is the single most overrated Halloween movie of all time, and I do not mm-hmm. get the hype. But I, if you like it, 
that's awesome. I just will never understand the appeal. To me, hot Halloween take. Town is so much better. I got a hot take for you. Uh-oh. I think Nightmare Before Christmas is more overrated. Oh, I hate them both. Which it's... also, spoiler alert, guys. Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas was not directed by Tim Burton. He just has <laughs> his name on it. Yeah. It's... I don't know what it is about it. Maybe it's because it's been shown to me multiple times with the caveat of, you have to like this. You have to like this. Everybody likes this. And so maybe there's that air to it, but like, I guess I never got what the hype was. I think you had to see it initially. It To me, I think Hocus Pocus, this could be a weird comparison, but go with me here. I think Hocus Pocus is like Napoleon Dynamite. You either get it or you don't. I do not get Napoleon Dynamite, and I don't like it. Um, but I know a lot of people get it, and I, I think that's the same thing with Hocus Pocus. You just have a, a leaning towards John Heater and stupid comedies. Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. I, I laugh every... There's certain scenes that will pop up into my head from Napoleon Dynamite that I just... I'll just sit there and giggle at the specifically the scene where the farmer accidentally shoots his cow in front of a bus full of children. And that sounds way more morbid than it. They don't show anything, but it's absolutely hilarious to, to me. The time it's, it showed me that comedy is just as much about timing as it is actual content. <laughs> That's why Amy Schumer's bad at both. Ooh. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong though. Um, so, all right, we've taken care of Haunted Mansion. Let's go with some old ones in that we've got Haunting of Bly Manor coming up this week, and everyone loved Haunting of Hill House, based off a book by Shirley Jackson, which has been adapted many times. One terrible movie from the 90s called The Haunting, starring Liam, I shall kill you in your sleep, Neeson. That sounded more Sean Connery, but whatever. But yeah, no, I don't I'm know not what gonna, that was. I'm not going to talk about that haunting i'm going to talk about the original black and white haunting which is radically different than the haunting of hell house mike flanagan took more than a few creative liberties um that one is more of a slow burn psychological horror of for a good chunk of the movie it's very ambiguous of is this house haunted or are the people inside the house just losing their minds from lack of sleep type of situation um it's a very slow burn. Um, there's a scene that gets replicated in the Haunting of Hill House show with the two girls um, hearing a whole bunch of loud noises around their room. That that's, was also replicated in that first one. Just very different. Um, that first one is a classic. The Liam Neeson one with Owen Wilson getting his head chopped off. Not so much of a classic. But hey... Owen Wilson gets his head chopped off and he says wow at some point in the movie not as he's getting his head chopped off as much as I would love to see that just wow or it or or he it gets chopped off hits hits the ground rolls in front of the camera making eye contact with the camera wow no I can do you one better his head gets chopped off at the top of the stairs, and his head just bounces down, and every stair it hits, wow, 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 like a squeaky toy. Like, wow. And then his head, once it hits his bottom, it's just like a balloon letting out air, just wow. 
this got real morbid real quick. Wow. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, another movie that a lot of people grew up with that I, I think Josh and I both saw this in college, and I don't get the hype of this, but I think so many people grew up with this, that grew up with horror movies that just love this, that don't want to acknowledge that there might be be some issues with this and it might not be as good as you remember because everyone's like oh but the ghost designs are so cool and original i'm like yeah designs don't make up for the bad story or bad acting as much as i love me some tony shalhoub and matthew lillard 13 ghosts really is not that good despite what you want to think people are like oh but all 13 ghosts are so cool and original i'm like yeah so it did you like the story what's the story i don't know but, but a guy gets cut in half like like um, doors that you'd see at Walmart. And what's the story? Uh, I don't know. It, it's on my list because it's a very iconic haunted house movie. And I'm sure there's a wide demographic out there that are nostalgic for 13 Ghosts with the weird spelling of 13. But I just saw it too late. And... Like Hocus Pocus, I just do not get it. I think you had to grow up with it. It To me, it's not bad. It's a guilty pleasure, but by no means is it great. But it's at least entertaining. It, I'll watch almost anything with Matthew Lillard in it. Yeah, fair. That's fair. I think I saw, I think I saw it with you, and that was like the only time I've ever watched it. So. That's the only time I've watched it, too. Well, look at that. <laughs> I've got... Um, Five I'm more. Throw, let's throw Poltergeist out there. I guess. I mean, it's and, and to be clarified, we're talking about the OG Poltergeist, not that. As much as I like Sam Rockwell, yes, we're not going to talk about his. Not that new one, no. Um, I think I'm going to go with the scan of the same thing for you, for thirteen for thirteen ghosts. Poltergeist, while uh, groundbreaking at the time. And uh, definitely a classic in the horror in the horror genre. I personally don't get the hype. No, I watched it for the first time um, a year or two ago. So this year would have been Halloween Horror Nights thirty. So for twenty eight, they had a Poltergeist house, and so we're like, okay, we got to make sure we're caught up on everything before we go to the houses, so we know what we're gonna do. Um, for those few Horror Nights fans out there, we didn't end up going into Poltergeist's house, which is sacrilege, because supposedly that was, like, the best house that year. Um, I don't get Poltergeist. I really don't. Um, it was very, very slow for so much of it. Um, that yeah. When it ramps up, you're just like, finally, but could we have pacings out a little bit more? But also, I think it's like a... It's like you had to grow up with it. Like, there's a certain generation. It's... I'm trying to think if it's the same as like the Ghostbusters generation that like grew up with these movies around this specific time that are really latched onto it. And that's with any generation. I'm sure there's movies from our generation that we latch onto more than any others. Like that really awfully CGI'd kids movie with the girl that gets trapped in the haunted house by her bully brother that no one remembers what it's called. And she gets adopted by the ghost in the house um, that comes on like every year at Cartoon Network. People are biased for that one. Or like Casper is our our generation or whatever else. So there's always... Bro, shout out to Casper. Yeah. Which which Casper, though? The original or the one with Hilary Duff? 
I'm gonna say original, but I got a soft spot for Hillary Duff. They're both both of them are fine, but like yeah. each every generation's got their ones that they latch onto, whether it's Halloween Town or Casper, or for those with bad taste, Hocus Pocus. Um, so I think there's a certain generation that really latches onto Poltergeist. And I'm sure there's a whole generation of people that were traumatized by clowns via Poltergeist. I'm just not one of them. I did have a terrified fear of clowns phase like any other kid because clowns are creepy. But I kind of grew out of that. But I know a lot of people are afraid of the clown from Poltergeist. It just didn't do anything for me. Um, I've heard, I think it's Poltergeist 3. It might be an exorcist situation where you skip the second one and then the third one's fine. I can't remember. But yeah, Poltergeist didn't do anything for me but in terms of iconic haunted house movies that's probably the go-to besides amityville horror that's yes that's like the other like major go-to yeah so which one which one are you putting on here the original with james brolin okay no that that's fine that's i i wanted to make sure because there's it's one of those that people that's been redone over and over and over again. And as so much as I love Ryan Reynolds, yeah. just no. I get such a uh, whenever Ryan does horror movies, I get such a uh, Marky Mark vibe. Marky Mark and uh, what is the happening? The fu- Marky Mark the and the ha- Funky Bunch. What movie? What's the M Night Shyamalan movie? Yeah, about the happening. Me- yeah, it is happening. Okay. Yeah. Which, by the way, if y'all haven't seen the happening and you need a good laugh, go go watch the happening. <laughs> although, although Josh and I think we remember, we think we've cracked the code of the happening of why people act stupid in that movie or can't act, and it's so big brained that it yes that it's just us being breaking out our tinfoil hats because we wanted to justify why we wasted two hours of our life. <laughs> um, but yeah, Amityville. There- is there what? is a video on that for anybody want to go watch, go dig deep in the uh, uncharted media archives. There's a OG at some point I'm sure we'll revisit the happening, which we still got to figure out what we want to do this month for five good things, guys. You You're pick, a, you should pick a Halloween movie for us out there. If you know anything you want us to watch, or you can watch along with us, comment below. We like to hear from you guys. We haven't set in stone what five good things we should do this month, uh, but the MDV horror is like the stereotypical haunted house movie it's also the stereotypical watch the original and pretend the rest of them didn't happen like texas chainsaw or mm. nightmare on elm street um mm. some people might say halloween to those people i say you're wrong and i'll punch you in the face um <coughs> all of them are wonderful except for six eight rob zombie and maybe three and five and some of them um <laughs> uh, they're not all great but Nathan, don't think I'm going to let you off the hook for sending me that uh, that Buster Rhymes tweet <laughs> earlier this week. Okay. <laughs> great. And I cannot accept Buster Rhymes not enjoying the fact that he's in that movie. <laughs> Please, that's not the funniest thing I've sent you this week. That I still can never keep a straight face with that TV meme that I sent you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can't put that down. Oh, man. Honestly, sometimes I feel like we should just like share the memes that we share for share to each other somewhere. Because <laughs> there's one, there's one that I I was physically in pain when I watched it because I was like, oh, I relate to this too much. It's like the same guy that did the TV skit that I sent you was yeah. every film student ever, and the guy's just like, 
Hi, actors. So, um, I just rented this camera from the university, and I don't know how to use it. So, if you guys could just stand around and talk for two to three hours, that'd be great. Um, I don't really know what I'm doing with this camera, but um, I think I think we'll be fine with the ISO at 8,000. Um, I I think we'll be okay with the camera's internal microphone, to which at that moment I'm just going, nope, stop, stop. This is stop, too real. Stop, stop. What are you doing? This, this is too real. This is too real. I've been there, man. <laughs> um, where were we? Uh, uh, Amityville. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, Amityville. I, don't yeah. watch the sequels. It's at this point. I don't know how many there are. And also, better question: Who has the rights to Amityville? And can Blumhouse reboot it at this point? Because that's like a, in case of emergency, break glass and have Blumhouse try it. Looking at you, Friday the Thirteenth. But that's a, that's more of a legal issue than anything else. Real quick though, uh, speaking of Blumhouse, have you seen? I need to get a hold of them, but they apparently they dropped like they're going or going to drop like four like free horror movies that they made. Five. They're calling it like the Blumhouse or something like that. Yeah, and like they're all su- like all all original, super original stuff. Like, and, uh, do you know where they're going to re- be releasing them? Uh, I think Amazon. I'm not sure. Okay, because I need to keep keep track of that because some of the trailers looked really interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, it didn't stand its Blumhouse. So. Yeah. So I've got three more. How many you got? I got two. All right, I'll go with my one of my third because I feel like our last two are this exact same, and that makes yeah, me I I'm totally so fine with that. Um, my 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 outside shot though is a movie that's like widely regarded as the best haunted house slash quarantine movie of all time but josh and i both can't stand it however i love the sequel the shinning um <laughs> shinning. i i've been roasted before and i don't care i don't like the shining um i don't like the tv series either but um it's so slow people are like it's to build up suspense and tension i'm like well, I don't feel tense, but that's the thing is tension and suspense is supposed to take you from calm to nervous and uneasy as the film progresses. Since it's Jack Nicholson, I'm immediately not okay because he just yeah. makes me uncomfortable. And I think that's the biggest problem for me with The Shining is The Shining is supposed to be Jack Torrance's descent into madness. It's played by Jack Nicholson. The man starts at a nine and just goes to a ten. It's not that leap of a crazy there. <laughs> it's... It doesn't... No part of it scares me. I've seen The Shining like three times in my entire life. And every single time I watch it, I struggle to stay awake. I really do. It's so slow burn. But also, it's just... Kubrick has done better. And there's better <laughs> horror movies. Like, I really don't mind slow burn. I like slow burn and complex stories. I just think that The Shining movie missed the point. And... Before you're like, well, you just didn't get it. On the flip side, I love Dr. Sleep. Right now, I have a Dr. Sleep poster in our living room for, like, our Halloween decorations and everything else. I really like Dr. Sleep, but maybe that's my Mike Flanagan bias showing for Haunting of Hill House and Hush and everything else. Uh, But I think he did a really good job of merging the Shining movie with the Shining book um, and finding good middle ground and understanding the core principles of what The Shining was supposed to be and transporting that onto Danny Torrance. Uh, did you get around to seeing Dr. Sleep yet? I haven't yet. It's on my list. Without giving too much away for you, 
Danny in this embodies a lot of Jack towards the end of the movie, and they kind of do Jack as he was supposed to do. It finishes not only Danny's story well, but it finishes Jack's story, I think, in a way, in a really interesting, good way. But that's not a Haunted House movie. It's just a follow-up to The Shining book as well as the movie, which is an incredibly hard task to do. Um, but I think you would really appreciate Dr. Sleep, even as someone that doesn't like The Shining like me. Fair enough. Um, which of our two, because I guarantee you they're the same, um, All right. what should um, we do first? The more serious and mature, or the kids one? Let's start with the kids one, because I think it is extremely underrated, and no, I, I personally don't see anybody talking about <gasps> Monster House. I, I think I can tell you why it's underrated. And it's the number one reason why I, and I think I'm not alone in this, why a lot of people avoided it. Animation's terrifying. Oh, um, it's weird. The animation in this is kind of off-putting if you're not used to it. You do have to get acclimated to it. I, it's kind of like Into the Spider-Verse in that sense. Of Into the Spider-Verse is visually gorgeous, but since you've never seen something like that before, you do have to take a minute or two to get acclimated to that visual style. And Monster House was... Definitely that way. It was kind of somewhere between like a Tim Burton meets Paranorman somewhere. Mm-hmm. No, I go, I'd agree with that. And if it you're not like used to they, it, it's weird. Yeah, it was like if they um, tried to animate a claymation movie. Yes. Instead of doing claymation. Which claymation isn't for everybody just off the bat. Yes. But what what is it about the ha- Monster House that stands out to you? Um... Where to start, dude? Um, first of all, the house itself is awesome. And I love the story. I, I think we say this all the time. I love the story behind the house. But I think the thing that I, and as wacky as it, as it gets towards the end, the thing that I think I appreciate the most about it is that the main kid knows something's up. And he knows, like, he can, he's, he's smart and he's like, no, there's something going on with this house, man. And I, I know I'm not crazy. Um, to the point that, like, the babysitter don't believe. The, like, the cops are, like, almost seem to be in on it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, the kid has almost all the odds stacked against them. And then they get trapped in the house. And then it's all just story from there. So it's, I think I appreciate that they allow their characters to be i'm gonna say as authentic as possible yes they do feel like actual kids but also the kids aren't idiots well one of them is an idiot but not dumb he's the the lovable idiot it's it's the harry ron and hermione formula more or less except harry and hermione end up together in this movie which is what they should have been in the original version, but whatever. Yeah. Um, but unlike the other haunted house movies we've talked about so far, this house is literally alive, and that might turn some people off in the end. Which spoiler alert: the house kind of. What's that story that they first introduced us to in Arthur about the house with the chicken legs, like the Baba Yaga or something? Um, yeah, something like that. that's coming. Kind of what I was picturing because the house actually comes alive, um, but some of the designs for the house are so clever and inventive but at the same time creepy but like the right amount of creepy like if i was mm-hmm. introducing a kid to horror i would probably introduce them to monster house first of like here dip your toe in the water not like push them 
head first into like audition or goodnight mommy or yeah, sinister or, or hostile uh, autopsy of jane doe or yeah or um hush yeah or i don't know not the hush is one of the best of all time but it's very tense um yeah what else can we say about monster house it's just i was so off it for a while just didn't hate it just was never high on my radar and then i finally watched it, i was like I feel like I've missed something. Now I actually have an annual tradition Halloween movie alongside yeah. like Halloween, Batman versus Dracula, and some of my other ones that I watch every single Halloween. I think what one of the weirdest parts about it is, and this, I'm gonna put this along with that the animation is so unique. The I can feel like the crispness of the air. When, it feels when, so Halloween. Yeah, like I it's I don't, I don't know how to describe it. Like when you're watching it, it, it the coloring, the, the and just everything about the environment, it just feels like yeah, that's how I remember Halloween being growing up. I mean, now granted Halloween for me is a little different being that I grew up in Texas. But um but I mean, I've lived in Illinois for 4 years, so it's I've, it's, I've had actual good Halloweens. But it's um, like to me how Trick or Treat may not be the best Halloween movie ever, but it's a one of the best Halloween the holiday movies ever. Yes. It, these movies just ooze the holiday spirit. Um, and I think that's one of the, my favorite things about Monster House is it just feels like fall and Halloween. And like you mm-hmm. said, you can just feel like the crunch of your leaves uh, beneath your feet and everything else. It just it feels lived in. However... Yes. I'm sure our top pick for the best, our favorite at least, Haunted House movie is not the top of other people's lists. Um, Because this movie is vastly underappreciated. Primarily because it's technically not a Haunted House movie. It's a Haunted Room movie. (laughs) I'm, of course, talking about The Room starring Tommy Wiseau. No, it's... No. I was like, at first I was like, Wait, that's not that's not who's in this movie. Hold on. <laughs> Are you sure you don't want to check out the fourteen oh eight? No. You no. did not check out. You did not. No. 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 Not feeling it. Not feeling it. And so we, of course, are talking about fourteen oh eight, starring Jan Cusack. Two dollars. I am uh, refraining from saying uh, co-starring Samuel L. Jackson, seeing as that he's in it for. I don't know, maybe five minutes. <laughs> he, hey, but he shows up in a mini fridge. What more do you want? Oh Lord! Oh, <laughs> you want to tell us what this movie is is about, there, bud? You forget he was in a mini fridge for a scene. So yeah, no, I know. This is like, there's so much about that movie that like I just forget about, and then mainly because it, a lot of it's very traumatic. <laughs> also, um, as we get into this. It is so, so critical that we, when we're talking about this, to note that we have seen the theatrical version. There is two radically different versions of this movie in terms of its endings that depending on what ending you get, you will have much different experiences with this movie. Because I've seen the alternate version, and I'm not going to lie, I would hate this movie if I got the ending that 
has been pumped out to most platforms nowadays. So I don't know how we have seen the theatrical version because that's the far better version. But like the director's cut, the version he intended or whatever is the version that most versions have. And it's so much worse. So the version, the director's cut, the one that's in a whole bunch of places is um, John Cusack. We'll get into more in the story in a little bit. But John Cusack dies in the room setting on a fire, stopping it from anybody else ever being in the room and he makes a sacrifice but destroys the room in the process and so everyone's at his funeral and um his wife is at his funeral whatever goes to see his casket and he like does a quick jump scare out of the coffin and i'm going are you kidding me so the better ending um is the version we've seen without giving away the ending that we have seen the story is john cusack is a writer about scary and haunted locations so he goes to various hotels and places that claim to be haunted and writes basically puff pieces about them to drive up tourists but throughout the movie you get an understanding of why he is always doing this because we find out he used to be a writer of a different genre entirely and someone comes up to him one day is like i liked your old stuff it felt like someone different entirely and as the movie progresses you understand why he has made such a dramatic shift in his life it's almost like he's looking for evidence of something in his own life it's not to get too religious or anything on the podcast but it's a man who has lost his faith that it's essentially looking for it again and it's there's a great dissection of this that i might have to send you josh but um analyzing the movie he actually goes through all of dante's inferno to get Mm -hmm. redemption again to get his more or less his faith back but it's not a christian film at its core it's about as christian of a movie as like book of eli the subtext is there if you want it um but it does not skimp on the horror i remember when we first saw it um there's a scene with he looks out the window and sees someone in a window across from him and then something shows up in his room we jumped sky high so hard we almost made sky high to a thing um Mm -hmm. but it's so masterfully crafted and masterfully acted by john cusack because for by and large he's carrying this whole movie by himself as the only one in the hotel and of course it's based off a Stephen king movie it's to me a better version of the shining because it's more tight and focused and also you feel like you're going crazy just like john cusack not to the level mm-hmm. of like the lighthouse where you're questioning your sanity as you're watching it going everything is messed up and i have no idea what's happening but it's like when he comes into the room for the first time, he's just like, this is it. And you're kind of with him. Cause it's just a regular hotel room. Um, but it's like an onion. You peel back the layers. It's like an ogre. You're peeling back the layers <laughs> and it just gets weirder and weirder. And he goes on this journey of self discovery and more or less kind of acceptance of maybe he wasn't as present as he should have been. Uh, maybe he wasn't as good as he should have been. It's much more layered and complicated than we can ever express, but it's so masterfully done and so criminally underrated because I think people are expecting a traditional horror movie. Yeah. And it is far from a traditional horror movie in every sense. And in a lot of senses, it amps things up like hardcore. Like it, it takes a lot of things to a whole nother level. Um, I'm just like even thinking of especially with its comparison to to Dante's Inferno, like, it ends up ending in such a cold, 
in a place. I mean, there's even like a section of the movie that where you think it's over, and mm-hmm. you like, and it's kind of like the inception of like, hey, do you remember how you got here? And he and he's like, I remember when we watched oh, that. I remember the oh. first time we watched it, and we found out that he was where he was, and we're like, oh my gosh. And I I remember watching it still to this day, and mm-hmm. that still gets me because I get, still. Yep, I'm going, oh, yeah, he's still in. Yeah, like, oh, 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 man. Okay, all right. Um, God, it's just such a good – the way that the – it's so clever that the way the way that the room interacts with him. And it is very clearly haunted. The, ho- the whole Dolphin yes. Hotel is not haunted. It's just that room. But we're limiting it to it's part of the haunted house. It's the haunted residence. As Samuel L. Jackson said, it's an evil room. Um, and the only way Samuel L. Jackson can say it, we'll put it that way, uh, but even in his limited role, also in the Dante's Inferno video that I'll send you after, there's little clues even before he gets to the room that kind of set things up for later of there's very few details that are ever for, truly forgotten about in this story. It's so, so good, very tight, confined, but also on the surface, it can be your stereotypical horror movie, but if you start to peel back the onion ogre layers, there's a lot of interesting story to tell that really makes you think about a lot of things, and that's mm-hmm. a good horror movie should make you think, despite what you may think. Yeah, no, I mean because it's what's what's what have we have always said that that uh, uh, studios seem to think about horror movies. Uh, they're cheap to make and you make a lot of money and you don't have to put a lot of effort into them. I would disagree. I think it's the one genre that to really make a successful horror movie, you have to put a lot of thought into it. Uh, I think there was an interview with Mick Garris who directed Hocus Pocus. I love him as an interviewer. I just don't like Hocus Pocus. Uh, Mick Garris has this great podcast where he interviews horror icons and he interviewed Mike Flanagan and Mike Flanagan basically said, before you have a horror movie, you have a drama, and you need to nail down your drama before you nail down your horror, because horror can be chiefly made in everything else, but it can also be your most stripped back of you have the least amount of stuff to work with from a storytelling perspective if you have basically a sentence as your story pitch, and you have to kind of work from that, like... um Fourteen away. It's basically just one man in a room. How do you tell a narrative, and how do you make that scary and everything else? And that really, really works. It makes you dread that room, and it's outstanding. It's so, so good. Oh, I agree. Completely agree. There's not a lot. I don't. I don't think there's anything I would change about that movie either. Cause, um, nope. But even just the hints that Samuel Jackson gives to to Johnny, Johnny Q, two dollars, um, <laughs> two dollars. Uh, leading up to him getting into the room um, are very much like, even like as an audience member, you're like, you're with Johnny and you're with John Cusack. You're like, yeah, I, mm, that doesn't, that doesn't sound real. There's no way that's real. Yeah. <laughs> well, what do you guys think? What are some of your all time favorite horror movies that are set in a haunted house or haunted location? Let us know in the comments below. Always like hearing from you guys. And as always, if you like what you hear and you want to hear more, subscribe to us on whatever audio platform you're listening to us on, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, or YouTube. And if you haven't already, subscribe to us on YouTube. You can now check out our pitch off video. We'll have more short form videos that are going to be less labor intensive than pitch off coming in the coming weeks. Um, five good things at some point will be coming this month. Something Halloween related. So we got that coming for you guys. Looking forward to sharing it with you guys. And as always, stay sharp, movie guys and gals.